At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and welcome to this edition of The Racing Beat on the Believe Podcast Network. We've got a real treat in store for you today in today's show. We've got Nitro Joe Morrison. That's right, a name you may not have heard about too much unless you're a big uh, fan of racing, uh, drag racing on the East Coast. He's done a lot of things coming up through the ranks, the nostalgia ranks, the altered ranks, and now he's a 51-year-old top fuel rookie in NHRA. He's got a phenomenal story behind him. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And also, get this, one of his sponsors, you can't get any bigger and better than this, Chuck Norris. That's right. Walker, Texas Ranger has signed on to be a partial sponsor of Joe's team, uh, Chuck Norris's and his wife Gina's company, Seaforce Water. You're really going to enjoy this. So sit back, enjoy the podcast, and here we go. Welcome back to The Racing Beat. I'm Jerry Bunkowski. It's my pleasure to welcome Joe Morrison, or should I say Nitro Joe Morrison. I love that name uh, to the to the show. And Joe is a up-and-coming driver on the NHRA Top Fuel ranks. Joe, thank you ever so much for joining us here on The Racing Beat. Got a lot to talk with you about, but, you know, I think the best place to start off with is, you know, you're, uh, you're an up-and-coming driver in the t- NHRA Top Fuel ranks. Talk about, the, you know, you say the first race down in Gainesville. Didn't turn out the way you wanted, but, I mean, still the fact that you can say you are a top fuel driver is big enough as it is. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this point right now, because, you know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, uh, up and coming drivers. We're talking about somebody maybe he's, you know, in their 20s, early 20s, early, you know, mid 20s. You're, you got a few more years on you, but tell me about how this all kind of came about with you and how you're, uh, you know, uh, you know, your plans for this season, how many races you plan to attend. And also, of course, your, your, um, you know, just the team you're with, all that kind of stuff. So thanks, Jerry. First of all, I appreciate being here and uh, uh, I'm excited to uh, to kind of share my story a little bit and some of the things we have going on. So yeah, I am a uh, overnight success that was uh, about 15 years in the making, I guess. So uh, started out driving uh, locally in the uh, tri-state area here, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, um, driving nostalgia cars. Um, a fellow by the name of Mike Gillespie bought a car, needed me to bring it, you know, come in as his driver and uh, uh, long story real short, sadly, Mike had had cancer. Um, I had bought into the car and uh, and truthfully, um, you know, Mike, about three weeks before he passed away, said, hey, look, I want you to keep racing. So I'm going to leave you the car so that wow. you and your dad can continue racing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, and and so uh, with Mike, we we began um, after Mike had passed away. Um, I was friends with Jack Beckman and we did a, a uh, fundraiser with Jack for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, and since that turned out well, we turned our focus to COPD because my dad had COPD before he passed in 2016. Um, so that what ended up happening um, as a result of all, all that, we had a lot of success in the altered, um, get, got a little bit of national attention. 
and and uh, and we were doing it with a cause in mind, and uh, and and so things just kind of progressed from there. I was lucky to drive the 134 fuel coupe, a a 34 Ford fuel altered. I like to say it was one of the few, if ever, fuel altereds with working doors, other than the old <laughs> Mooney Mooney Hammond Sharp car, right? Uh, that car was unbelievable. It was just a handful to drive, and I got a lot of great experience driving for Ted Bryan, who owned that car. And then also my great friend Rocky Perone uh, driving the frantic Ford uh, Nitro Funny Car, and then they switched it to run on alcohol later on. But while it was running on Nitro, I had the great honor of match racing Bruce Larson several times. And uh, Bruce is a wonderful guy, an amazing racer. Uh, so again, you know, kind of cut my teeth in, in nostalgia racing and in match racing. Well, um, kind of like the guys of old, you know, where that was more of a thing before there were so many races on the NHRA tour, but that's kind of where I came from. Finally, uh, actually I was driving the fuel altered at, um, Beaver Springs dragway. And, and, uh, um, I had already known Audrey worm who was driving for the leverages, and uh, she had already kind of parted ways with them. And so I asked her, said, so who's driving? And she said, you should call them. I'm like, oh, she's like, no, no, you should call them. I was like, oh. And so long story short, got connected with, uh, with you know, Gary and Dan Leverage. And, and uh, I spent a weekend with the team in the fall of 2019. And uh, we all decided that it was a good fit. So, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, here comes 2020. I'm excited to make my top fuel debut. And, and of course, COVID happened. So, uh we did run four events last year. Um, I missed qualifying in my first event by two thousandths, uh, which was, uh, you want to talk about close, but uh, we had, you know, we had a pretty decent year, learned a lot in the off season. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of friends over at Kalita Motorsports and Rob Flynn, you know, Doug Kalita's uh, co-crew chief has been helping us out. We bought some parts from Kalita's over the winter and we had Rob Wendland uh, redid our fuel pump to improve fuel flow and we're looking forward this year to running, you know, 10 to 12 races if we can, based on kind of the partnerships we have. Uh, there's things growing all the time and we have some new announcements coming soon. Um, one I can talk about today, actually. But uh, I've got a scoop here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see that. You didn't even know. So we're we're, um, we're excited about that, you know, uh, uh, excited about some improved performance. Um, like you said, Gainesville, uh, you know, we we. Uh, we were not blowing stuff up last year and, and we showed up in Gainesville and, and by the end of two qualifying sessions, we had blown up two motors. And, oh, and wow. so, wow. you know, for a small team like us, that's really tough. Um, we were fortunate that we had a bunch of help um, and, uh, and we were able to make it to the first round, but uh, we had been up till 4 AM and first round because the TV was at 10 instead of 11. So, and of all weekends to lose an hour to daylight savings time, right. You know, you want to talk about pouring salt on the wound. But uh, yeah, you know what? I have an amazing team and, and the guys on the leverage team and gals, I don't mean that gender specific, uh, but, but the leverage team is all heart and all passion. And we knew we were going to have a tough time. I mean, look, uh, we knew that Torrance was going to probably go out there and run a low 70. And the best we could do was probably a mid 80, you know, to, to a low 90. But, uh, but we, we wanted to, we wanted to line up with the champ anyway. And so uh yeah, you know, not an all bad weekend, but certainly not the way we planned, you know, but uh, looking forward to good things happening. You're going to lose to anybody. You want to lose to the champ probably, I guess. But, you know, I mean, there you the, go. The, the thing that, you know, I, really impresses me about you is, you know, you have gone through so many different phases of the drag racing ladder, if you will. And what was it about top? I mean, other than the opportunity you were given, but I mean, what was it about top fuel that 
uh, I remember in one of the notes you sent me that you had not, thought you'd never be in Top Fuel, and now here you are. I mean, how did that, other than just the opportunity coming along, how did it, how did you accept the possibility that, hey, I'm going to be a top fuel driver now? You know, it's um, it's funny. It, it was definitely an evolution. Um, my dad gave up racing when my brother and I were young. I mean, we would still go and we had plenty of friends at the track and we would we would still go to the races all the time. But but growing up, my my impression of what what, you know, racing was all about um, was that that was the time when when big money was starting to come into racing, you know, and uh, growing up watching the funny cars at raceway park in the late seventies and in the eighties. Um, all I ever knew was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy from a blue collar family. And, and, you know, unless you have big money, then, then that life is just something that we wish we could do, but we just can't. Right. Um, you know, my mom, I was really lucky. My mom and dad were always telling me, look, you can do anything you set your mind to. And I believed them. But but then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's just some things that are just out of reach. Um, and and as we began to have success with that nostalgia car and, and as we started getting some more attention, it, it started to dawn on me like, well, you know, maybe this is possible. And so uh, I was involved with the, the COPD Foundation and they had a program in NASCAR called Drive for COPD. Right. And I figured, what the heck, you know, like, let me let me give it a shot. And so I pitched to them, hey, look, why don't I be your representative and let's bring this to drag racing. And at the time on the NASCAR side, Danica Patrick was their representative. So when they said yes and we signed an agreement, that was when I was like, wow, this might really happen. So that really was um, uh, we started talking about that in the fall of 2012 and the agreement was signed in the spring of 2013. And I had meetings with this staff at, uh, at NHRA. And then I had meetings with another big show team that we were looking at putting me in a car. And, and uh, at that time, I would have thought by 2014, 2015 at the latest, I'd be full time on the tour. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you can imagine, obviously, how many years later, blood, sweat, tears, disappointment, um, you know, trying to sell people on, on putting a guy like me who was proven, a proven winner at the local ranks, but never driving a top fuel car. So... Right. You know, it was it was a tough sell, but that was when the turning point happened. When I said, oh, "All right, you know, maybe I could do this." And you know, look, I, I um, the way it's happened, truthfully, is I've been very blessed to be the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> in other words, I'm surrounded by great people, uh, and that's really it. I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by great people uh, who are a lot smarter than me, and who I listened to and worked hard and 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 did my best to to work my way through. And I'm too dumb to quit. You know, I mean, this is um, it's funny. Pre prior to racing, I spent time trying to pursue a music career. Uh, you want to talk about a low IQ level, right? You know, all the things your mom and dad tell you you don't, you shouldn't do. And uh, and, and having given up on that, I, I I knew when that dream didn't happen, I had a backup plan. Yeah. And and I fell into that backup plan. So quite honestly, with Top Fuel. There is no backup plan. Like there, failure is not an option. And I just, I, I have to make this work. Besides, it really is in my heart. I believe this is where I'm supposed to believe, be. I believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I know it in my very being. So, you know, that, that you combine all those things together. And that's really kind of how I ended up where I am is just luckily been surrounded by great people and uh, I'm too dumb to quit. <laughs> Now, it's 2020, even though with COVID, you said you ran four races. Would we consider that your quote-unquote rookie season? Well, the funny thing is, um, I actually had the opportunity to race Indy last year 
and and we put Cameron Foray in the seat instead so that I could commit keep to a commitment with Right to Breathe, my nonprofit. We had a fundraising event going on that weekend uh, because originally we weren't planning on running Indy. And at last minute, Gary said, hey, why don't we run Indy? And I said, ah, you know what? That would make five events for the year, which would make last year my rookie year. And uh, it's funny you ask him. I told him ahead of time. I knew Justin Ashley had it had look rookie of the year locked down last year. His performance, he's great team. I mean, it, Justin's the whole package, right? He's a great guy and and a fantastic racer. So I'm like, you know what? Let's be strategic about this. Let's let's do only do four races because I am technically still a rookie. This year is going to be a tough battle. Um, honestly, I am the longest of long shots for rookie of the year. Um, I mean, truthfully, think about it. Krista Baldwin, you've got the legacy um, and she's a good racer. You know, I told her in the staging leads at Gainesville, I said, listen, you can drive up. I'll, 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 I'll line up next to you anytime and not worry about what you're doing in the other lane because she can drive, you know, and, and, and Josh Hart coming out and winning the first race of the year. Look, you know, those guys are, are going to be front runners, but you know what? I'm scrappy and uh, what the heck? I'm going to give it my best shot and wherever the chips fall, they fall. I'm just blessed to be driving a top fuel car, right? So right. I'm going to ask you the question probably you don't want to answer, but I'll ask you, how old of a rookie are you? So, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't make any uh, – uh, I don't hide the fact. That I'm actually just turned 51 in December. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Like 40, man. Yeah, well, you know, my theory on that is um, with why drag racers stay young, it's it's relativity. Right. The fast, the closer you are to the speed of light, the slower time goes. So, you know, <laughs> well, uh, I got to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, because this really piqued my curiosity because I'm I'm an old keyboard player at heart. And I always wanted to be in band. My, my father actually was the leader of a polka band for like 40 years. So cool. I, I love polka music, too. But I, I got to ask you about the, the music career. You said you wanted to be, you know, be a musician. What did you play? What kind of, you know, um, st- st- genres of music did you play? And tell me a little bit about that. I want to learn a little bit, want to learn a little bit more about you off the track. And this is a great way to learn a little bit more. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, it's funny. Dad was a drag racer. Mom was a musician. As a matter of fact, my great, great, great grandfather actually started the Brooklyn Brass Band, which really? evidently was Walt Whitman's favorite band. They claim to fame, right? Uh, so, no, I started playing guitar at about age five. And, um, and, and really, music is a huge part of my life still. I still play in a couple of different classic rock cover bands, believe it or not, um, just for fun now. Right. But I was seriously pursuing it as a career through the 90s. Um, and uh, I was in one band, uh, a fellow by the name of Jim, Jimmy Wilgus, Jimmy Wilgus and the People. 1994, we were voted by Musician Magazine as one of the 12 best unsigned bands in the country. We were called the People because we were very racially, uh, uh, ethnically diverse. Uh, Artie, the drummer, was Japanese. Derek Davis, African-American bass player. Uh, Zach Rizvi was of Middle Eastern descent and, and me. Um, and Jimmy was very, you know, is very Italian. Mm-hmm. Ironically, Zach is in the band Kansas right now. So okay. my former bandmate is actually touring with Kansas. Well, touring when when people go back to touring right, again, right? right. Um, but the the problem with us, if there if this was a problem, we were Maroon Five in 1994 when grunge was the thing, and record companies did not know what to do with us. Um, and and so it was interesting. Like they did not, we didn't fit into any kind of a box. We were a little more progressive, like kind of progressive pop. Right. Um, 
but again, I play classic rock. I mean, uh, I was actually for a short time was in a Van Halen tribute band, believe oh, it or not. No way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the guitar player in a Van Halen tribute band, that was a challenge. I had a lot of work to do for that. Um, and my quote unquote midlife, my midlife crisis, quote unquote, is uh, I'm learning piano. So, all right. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, the, one of the bands I'm in right now, I'm doing double duty. I'm playing keyboards and guitar and, and I sing too. I took vocal lessons many years ago. And uh -huh. another fun fact. So I know Joe, I've known Joe Costello for a long time. Right. And also in 2014 or 2015, I don't remember which year it was, um, for the, the preseason test session at, at West Palm, their singer for the national anthem couldn't make it at the last minute i get a phone call from joe costello hey you want to sing the national anthem i'm like sure why not so i actually sang the national anthem at the preseason test session uh i think it was 2014 i'd have to double check with joe i've got pictures and whatever but uh so yeah the musician and and it's interesting i like to say that rock and roll and drag racing are like twin sons born from different mothers they're so much alike it's unreal gotcha so um yeah it's funny Dad was a drag racer. Mom was a musician. As a matter of fact, my great, great, great grandfather actually started the Brooklyn Brass Band, which really? evidently was Walt Whitman's favorite band. They claim to fame, right? Uh, so, no, I started playing guitar at about age five. And, um, and, and really, music is a huge part of my life still. I still play in a couple of different classic rock cover bands, believe it or not, um, just for fun now. Right. But I was seriously pursuing it as a career through the 90s. Um, and uh, I was in one band, uh, a fellow by the name of Jim, Jimmy Wilgus, Jimmy Wilgus and the People. 1994, we were voted by Musician Magazine as one of the 12 best unsigned bands in the country. We were called the People because we were very racially, uh, uh, ethnically diverse. Uh, Artie, the drummer, was Japanese. Derek Davis, African-American bass player. Uh, Zach Rizvi was a Middle Eastern descent and, and me. Um, and Jimmy was very, you know, is very Italian. Mm -hmm. Ironically, Zach is in the band Kansas right now. So no my kidding. former bandmate is actually touring with Kansas. Well, touring when, when people go back to touring right, again, right? right. Um, but the, the problem with us, if, there, if this was a problem, we were Maroon 5 in 1994 when grunge was the thing and record companies did not know what to do with us. Um, and, and so it was interesting, like they did not, we didn't fit into any kind of a box. We were a little more progressive, like kind of progressive pop. Right. Um, but again, I play classic rock. I mean, uh, I was actually for a short time was in a Van Halen tribute band, believe oh, it or no not. Way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the guitar player in a Van Halen tribute band, that was a challenge. I had a lot of work to do for that. Um, and my quote unquote midlife, my midlife crisis quote unquote is, uh, I'm learning piano. So, All right. uh, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, the, one of the bands I'm in right now, I'm doing double duty. I'm playing keyboards and guitar and, and I sing too. I took vocal lessons many years ago. And uh -huh. another fun fact. So I know Joe, I've known Joe Costello for a long time. Right. And also in 2014 or 2015, I don't remember which year it was, um, for the, the preseason test session at, at West Palm, their singer for the national anthem couldn't make it at the last minute i get a phone call from joe costello hey you want to sing the national anthem i'm like sure why not so i actually sang the national anthem at the preseason test session uh i think it was 2014 i'd have to double check with joe i've got pictures and whatever but uh so yeah the musician and and it's interesting i like to say that rock and roll and drag racing are like twin sons born from different mothers they're so much alike it's unreal it's unreal they're so much alike i love that well i mean 
you you already have me hooked now because I'm a, not only a classic rock guy, but a, I guess you would say a sub genre of classic rock is hair band. People oh, say yeah. you you love hair bands. I go, I love hair bands, and you know, I mean, I could talk for hours about hair bands, and and oh, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I. Here I am, you know, in my early 60s, and I'm losing my hair, but I still like that kind of music, though. So, but, uh, but well, that's that's really interesting. And uh, I mean, are there? Do you want to maybe mention some of the bands you're playing right now? I mean, are they, do they have any YouTube videos? Folks may want to listen to you or, or see you. I mean, I'd love to see you do, you know, a, a Van Halen song as well. Too. There's, you know, there is. I think there's some YouTube out there. Uh, I was uh, I was in between uh, a couple of different guitar players. Um, in the Van Halen cover band, it was called Unchained. Unchained, okay. And I did, um, I did some casino gigs with them, and we did some uh, some other things. I I believe there is some there is some YouTube video out there somewhere. Um, then uh, I'm in uh, the the band I'm playing. One of the bands I'm playing with right now is a band called Bourbon Haze. Okay. Um, you know, we like to say we're uh, we're bourbon drinkers with a music problem is the joke. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, obviously drive responsibly, kids. OK, I'm not, uh, you know, no, but uh, um, that's a fun band uh, and and everybody sings. So so we we do all kinds of different music. I mean, things that you, you wouldn't expect sometimes. Um, and then I'm in another band that right now is a trio uh and 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 i didn't name it but that band is called captain smoochie and we played mostly and uh, it's an interesting name right i mean i uh it's funny there's there's at, at one point in the 90s i was actually in five bands at the same time believe it or wow. not between jimmy wilgus then i had four other cover bands i was playing four or five nights a week i mean i was well look you know look, uh, everything i do i'm like hardcore about it you know so same thing it's like drag racing right so i approach music the same way i approach drag racing or vice versa right. so uh it's like you know it's like i have two speeds i'm either full throttle or i have the shoots out you know exactly, and and, exactly. and that's about it so now the the bands you're in now and we'll get back to drag racing in a second i'm just uh -huh. really intrigued by this the bands you're in now are you playing like just in the tri-state area or do you play you know nationally regionally what, what, what now what kind of gigs do you play we really play um very much locally uh mostly here in new jersey um, I haven't really gone far because drag racing is the priority. And thankfully the bands are, are well aware of that. You know, my racing career is takes precedence over any of it. And, and, um, it's funny, uh, it was probably about 2004, 2005 when I decided, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop pursuing music as a career. And I'm going to go back to my other love of drag racing, you know, um, and so, uh, so it's just for fun. It's just for stress relief. I mean, it's, for me, music is therapeutic, um, you know, and there's something about the blend of art and science and improvisation that uh, that's therapeutic for me. You know what I mean? It's just it's just a wonderful thing. So um, we have a lot of fun. There's no pressure involved. I mean, everybody is is um, most of the folks in the band did take it very seriously at one point, And now we just you know, it's a brother and sisterhood. I, I say, you know, because we have a, a, a female singer in, in uh, Bourbon Hayes too. And we just enjoy each other's company and have fun. You know, well, we actually, you. right before COVID, all of us, the whole band and our significant others, we all went down to uh, Key West huh. and spent uh, a long weekend in Key West together. So we just, you know, we just enjoy each other's company and we play for fun. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I got to call NHRA about you. You know why? 
I would love to see you do a like a pre-race concert, maybe in Indianapolis for the U.S. Nationals. Bring the band down. You play, and then you go in the car, and you wind up winning the event. I mean, that could be the best storybook <laughs> story I've ever ever heard of. You know, that kind of thing. Well, your lips to God's ears, that would be a, that would be an absolute dream come true for me. And uh, you never know. Listen, Maple Grove is is close to home for us, and right. Uh, and right to breathe. Uh, and I, we could talk about that in a bit if you want. But uh, we're going to be doing a free lung screening event at that Maple Grove race. So maybe we'll make the concert in the Leverage Pits in Maple Grove. I don't know. I got to talk to. I haven't sprung that on NHRA yet. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some some uh, uh, things I'll have to check off the list to make sure everything works the right way or whatever. But, uh, hey, I'm all about it, man. I I, uh, I love to see worlds collide like that. I can see it right now. The official cover band of the NHRA. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this is fascinating. I'm really enjoying this conversation with you, Joe. Thank um, you. Let's, let's get back more into, into the drag racing thing. Um, you know, because of the various levels that you uh, uh, went through in your career, where did the name Nitro come in, though? I mean, was it just because you went into the top fuel ranks, or was there a story behind it? Or how did, how did the nickname Nitro Joe come about? So it's funny. Um, because of guitar playing um, and because of racing and because of being in, in match racing, um, I've kind of been assigned a couple of different names over the years. Okay. Um, so... Uh, uh, being that we have a nonprofit called Right to Breathe that, that helps people with uh, living with lung disease, um, you know, one of the earlier names kind of went away. I mean, they used to call me Smoking Joe um, and obviously not real appropriate for a, a uh, you know, the CEO of a nonprofit called Right to Breathe. Uh, but look, I loved I love Jungle Jim Lieberman. Actually, my competition number 171 is a tribute to jungle gyms 117. So mm-hmm. that's why I picked that okay. big fan of, of the 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 stuff. And still, well, at the time they were new, right? The seventies funny cars. So smoke and Joe was a thing. Um, but then it was like when I was really had my heart set on driving fuel cars of any kind. I mean, I just, uh, you know, drive a nitro funny car, driving a fuel altered, driving anything that had nitro in it. I was all about it. And so it just, since it rhymes, um, you know, it kind of popped up and, and, and people started calling me nitro Joe, because that's all I wanted to do was drive a fuel car. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I had, so I just went with it. I said, you know what? It's, um, look, I've been friends with fast Jack Beckman for years. Right. Um, and, and back in the day, you know, I mean, you had, you had Ed, the Ace McCulloch, you know, I mean, you had Don, the snake Perdome, you had the mongoose, you had big daddy. I mean, you know, everybody had, everybody had nicknames. And so I figured, you know what? I, I love the show part of drag racing just as I much, just as much as I love the fierce competition. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, back to that music and and uh, and drag racing kind of being related and, and the, the show aspect of it. I mean, hey, look, if we could get away with without running the tank out of fuel, if I could get away with doing a half track burnout in the top fuel car, I would. Right. Um, we just, you know, so that's where the Nitro Joe came from. It was it was kind of bestowed on me. Um, you know, because it was like, oh, once we started right to breathe in 2014, the smoking and Joe thing pretty much went away. So, uh, right. yeah, it just, you know, it, these things just kind of happen, uh, actually. Um, so with the, with the, the, um, my Fiat altered the first nostalgia team there, uh, everybody had a nickname on the team. Um, the other nickname they called me was double O Joe. Cause I was pretty good on the starting line lights and we were, you know, leaving with, you know, double Oh five, double Oh nine, whatever. Right. Um, but that doesn't apply in a top fuel car. I mean, you can't have a double O light in a top fuel car unless you're taking a shot at the tree. The yeah. car just doesn't react fast enough, you know, but right. uh, 
So the double O Joe doesn't make sense, you know? And so that the, the, you know, my, uh, my former car chief, uh, Mark, we, who was captain Mo because he had a fishing boat. So <laughs> captain Mo kind of dubbed me nitro Joe and, and, uh, and we stuck with it. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, last year with COVID, it obviously limited you guys four races. You said you're looking at maybe 10 to 12 races this year. You've already started with Gainesville. We're taping this on Mar- Monday, March 29th. The, the podcast is going to run, I think, the t- either tomorrow or the, 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 uh, the thir- well, Wednesday. I think it's the 31st, I think it is. Um, what's your next race and how, you know, what kind of what races are you kind of pegging towards to be at? So being that, that the team is based out of Michigan, um, although the car right now is in Tampa, uh, we're going to be um, focusing a lot on the, the Eastern half of the country. So we're, we're, we're not going to go to Vegas right now. Um, look, if we can find the right partner, I'd love to go to Vegas in the fall, you right. know, That's so, right. uh, you know, anybody out there want to be a part of that, you know, uh, but uh, right. Shameless plug. So no, our next race would be Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and then we're looking at um, Charlotte after that. I'm excited um, about the four wide, which, you know, as a rookie driver, I probably shouldn't be, but uh, I'm really big on mental rehearsal. So I feel like that I will prepare myself for that four wide racing. And especially if I'm in lanes two or three, knowing which side of the Christmas tree to look at. And, and uh, you know, I like to do my homework. So, um, so I feel pretty good about that. And then, and then we'd be looking at maybe Richmond um, and then Epping, uh, you know, leverage racing has a huge fan base up in, up in New Hampshire there, believe it or not. So uh, Epping is a must do. Um, with one of the new partners we're bringing on board, Norwalk could be real important. Um, and then look, let's see what happens. Uh, we may just pick back up. Um, for us as a small team, really tough to do three in a row. Mm-hmm. I would love to do Indy, but we have to be ready for Maple Grove. Maple yeah. Grove is going to be a real big race for us. Right. Um, and then you've got the fall Charlotte race. So there's three in a row. And then you've got St. Louis. So the schedule really is full. You know, I mean, you got four in a row in September. Uh, because of uh, force and force bottling and also um, our partner, Best of Texas Barbecue Sauce from John Hale, we have to go to Dallas in the fall. Yep. Um, so, so you know, I don't know that we're going to go to St. Louis. Um, you know, I would love to, we'll probably hit two out of three between Indy, uh, Maple Grove, and then the fall Charlotte race, Dallas, and then, eh, you know, maybe we get to go to, maybe we get to go to Vegas, you know, I mean, uh I would love to Vegas and Halloween is just fun anyway, but uh, you know, who knows? That's, that's, that's basically what we're looking at now. Um, And uh, Hey, look, obviously as a part-time team, everything comes down to funding. Um, You know, like I said, we have some really exciting things in the works. Um, And what I can announce because the press release is going to drop today uh, being Monday. So this will be appropriate to make this happen. I'm excited to bring on DA Lubricants and Pen Grade One as our official oil sponsor. Um, so I have been using their products truthfully in my altered since <clears throat> since 2006, mm-hmm. um, and and really uh, we've been using their oil in the top fuel car all along. And uh, and so I'm really glad that we were finally able to come up with something that made sense for both us as a team, and of course for DA Lubricants and Pen Grade One as a company. And uh, we're really excited about the partnership. Um, they are also going to be supporting Right to Breathe with this mm-hmm. partnership, which to me was kind of an imperative, you know. Um, so uh, that, it took us a little while to put this together, but uh, but I'm really excited that uh, that we've got such a fantastic American company behind us. Um, you know, just like uh, like 
the Seaforce and the, and Chuck Norris with uh, the Bottle Water Company. You know, I mean, an all American icon like Chuck Norris to have him on board um, and his company is just uh, it's just fantastic. I'm going to come back to Chuck in a second, but I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You mentioned that your next race is Atlanta. It's one of the most popular races on the schedule. Unfortunately, it's a bittersweet weekend because it's going to be the last race at Atlanta um, uh, Dragway. Yeah. Um, you know, have you been there before as a fan or as in comp- you know, competing on the, you know, on the local levels down there? I mean, just your thoughts about, you know, you you as a rookie driver in Top Fuel, but you're never going to be able to race again in Atlanta other than this one coming up. I mean, can you talk a little bit about, about that? So interesting. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tie-ins. Um, I would, I would love to, I would love to see something great happen for us there for a lot of reasons. Number one, I've never raced there before. And so sadly my first time there is going to be in top fuel and my last time there will be in top fuel because this is it. Right. Um, the car that I'm driving, uh, it's been front halved and back halved. So it's really just the center section of the car technically, but the car that I'm driving was actually Antron Brown's car. Really? Uh, the Matco Tools car. And I believe, um, and AB, I'm sure you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that was where he got his first top fuel win was in Atlanta in this car. So that's kind of a cool thing. And and uh, and so that, you look, for us to get a round win there would even be huge. Um, you know, uh, the leverage team has never been in the 380s before, and we have the equipment to do it now. Mm-hmm. So maybe i'm a little optimistic uh you know uh but you never know right i mean i'm i'm uh i'm hoping that after a little bit of bad luck we had in gainesville that we're due for some good luck and what better place to have that good luck than atlanta right right and you you mentioned about you know your affiliation with kalita motorsports that's a big thing in my opinion and um you know legendary team owner former driver former champion i mean uh tell me about the relationship you have with with them because you know it's not just all about what's on the racetrack it's also about the friends you have off track i mean you mentioned about ab obviously with uh don schumacher racing but kalita i know has a very uh tight bond from what i understand with you guys and you and vice versa tell me about that so um i i met kalita's really uh through jim oberhofer um and uh because uh one of the guys that was uh, knew my dad was friends with my dad and, and a fellow that I know from town, uh, Frank Jodis was part of the pleasure seekers, top fuel team with Devo offer. Who's actually it's Devo's birthday today. So uh, it'll be late, but happy birthday, Devo. Um, and Dave Oberhofer was actually the one that introduced me to Jerry Darian that got me, uh, allowed me the opportunity to license and top alcohol dragster in Jerry Darian's car. So, right. um, so, from knowing Jimmo uh, and, and then having the opportunity to spend a lot of time with that team. I mean, look, truth be told that I was trying to put together a deal with them to be able to drive a, a Kalita car. I mean, um, always been a fan of Conrad. Um, I just, you know, I just think he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, and, and everything about that team, you know? Um, so I, I've, I've been fortunate to spend, you know, a decent amount of time with them over the years and and have developed friendships with a bunch of the folks over there bob lawson has just been absolutely awesome um and got to meet doug and and it's funny so uh a little uh, doug and i've known you know i've known doug for a couple years now and 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 he's just to me i think he's the greatest top fuel driver out there i really think he is i mean with focus uh concentration car control i mean doug's just he's he's really i think he's the best doggone top fuel driver out there 
So I, I talked with him in the fall of 2019 at, in the staging lanes in Charlotte. I'm like, hey, I, I might be driving top fuel. I'm like, I'm going to be coming to you for advice. And he said, man, you drive that fuel coupe. He said, you'll be just fine in top fuel. And I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, but so, right. So it's it's been um, it's huge. I mean, I am so grateful for the help, um, you know, and, and again, over the, you know, through uh, I actually first met Rob Flynn of all places. Um, in Bakersfield, when I was out there, he was tuning a nostalgia funny car and I was driving the fuel altered and, and, and we've gotten to be friends and Rob is just, uh, I actually said to him years ago, I'm like, man, I'm like one day, I would love for you to be my crew chief. Um, and, uh, and for us to actually be able to work together a little bit here. Um, number one, I'm thankful that, that Khalid has allow him to, to be able to help us out a little bit. Right. And man, he's brilliant. I mean, Rob is just, it's, it's, he really has this, this, uh, look, it's, it's the blend of art and science, mm -hmm. right? Being a crew chief, it really is attention to detail and the blend of art and science. And, and Rob is methodical, but he's creative. Um, and just, a, I, I think the guy's a genius. So uh, yeah, to have them helping us with what, you know, with what they can. Uh, yeah. It's a dream come true for me. I'll say that for sure. You know, I, I've got to ask you this. You've got such a great core right now and we're gonna get to chuck norris in a second i promise we'll get mm -hmm. to him but you've got a great core of sponsors right now and, and i'm sure you're always looking for more sponsors if a deal comes along a couple deals whatever could you envision instead of 20, 10 or 12 races maybe going 16 18 maybe even a full 22 race 20 was 20, 23 races now or 22 i always get it's it's been confusing but um could you do a full-time season with the personnel if you get the sponsor, you know, additional sponsorship. And what would it mean for you to be a full-time driver th this year? Well, listen, to be a full-time driver would absolutely be a dream come true. Um, don't know that it could happen. I mean, I don't know that it couldn't happen this year, right? right? right. I mean, it it, it could, right? Um, typically, for the, the amount of money it takes to do the full tour and the resources you have to put together, that would probably end up being a 2022 deal, but you never know. Right. I mean, right, right. I, I mean, look, life can change, change in an instant. Right. And, and so if we were lucky enough for that to happen, uh, yeah, I'm sure we could find a way to make that happen. Right. I mean, between, between all the, the, the friends we have on the tour, between the relationships that leverage racing has with several other teams and, and, and the help that we've been able, I bet we could put it together. I mean, um, it, it's funny, like every, every problem we have right now could be cured by money. And that's a great thing right. because like you said, we really have an amazing core. Right, right. Um, so I feel like, yeah, you know what? Sure. It's taken me a lot longer than I've wanted it to, to get to where we are. The good news is we have an amazing foundation. I mean, we really have, everything just about everything we need um where whereas it's just a matter of you know putting some more resources together and we're ready to step up and go so um hey you never know right the right company thinks that it's the right story or um you know with what we're trying to do with uh um some of the things on the nonprofit side uh, maybe that makes sense um you never know i i feel like um because I've had to work so hard to get to where I am and because I've had to be creative. I mean, I've had to be scrappy. I've had to find, you know, non-traditional ways because other than that, like how's a 51 year old married father of four 
you know, supposed to make this happen, right? Like on paper, this is completely illogical, um, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> so so uh, um, because of that, we have something unique. And because yeah. of that, we've had the time to build it properly. So yeah, could we do it? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I feel very confident in saying we could absolutely make that happen. And, and look, I'd love to go full-time in 2022. Um, at the same time, look, if, the, if, this is, if this is what it is, it's still a dream come true. Yeah. Um, you know, for a guy that, again, right, 10 years ago, if you would have said, okay, we're going to, in 10 years, you're going to be driving a top fuel car, you're going to be running a, a nonprofit, and, and uh, you know, I would have been like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and I got a bridge, bridge I can sell you in Brooklyn, too, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, so... Uh, we, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fumbling a little bit right now, but it, it's just because, you know, it's been such a long time coming and it's been such a long road and thankfully because of great people around me, I think we've built it right. You know, it's ready. It's ready to go. You, you mentioned about how uh, much of an influence your father was upon your racing career. You mentioned you have four kids. Um, are any of them interesting in drag racing or are they maybe doing it right now? I mean, what, what, uh, tell me about that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, if we could, if we could afford it, they would be in junior dragsters right now, my younger two. Right. So, um, I have, uh, my wife and I, it's like, I, I like to joke. It's not like we have four kids. It's like we have two kids twice, uh, because I have a, a 24 year old son, a 21 year old daughter, and then we have a 15 year old son. He's almost 16 and a 12 year old daughter. So boy, girl, boy, girl. And there's six years in between Maggie and Brendan, but, uh, um, Brendan, Brendan loves it. Lily loves it. Um, Maggie's intrigued by it and she comes out once in a while. My older son, Ryan enjoys it. Um, Ryan's been with me to, to uh, Bakersfield a few times and, and uh, made, when I brought my car to Bakersfield, he was with me. And when we did the cross country tow with that and uh, taking my 20 year old dually cross country. I mean, that was a, that was a really interesting experience, but uh, yeah. So, so uh, the kids enjoy it. Um, now that uh, and actually I'm, I'm in my little camper right now because they were still doing virtual school inside. So for the Camping World Drag Racing Series, fitting to be inside my little camper trailer. Right. There's um, a new sponsor for you, too, as well. Let's see well, if get a few bucks from them, you know. Listen, uh, uh, Marcus, if you're listening, we have some things to talk about. Um, <laughs> some business opportunities I think we should talk about. Definitely. But but so uh, now that we have the camper. Um, my wife really enjoys coming out to the races too, because she has a place where she can come in the air conditioning, get away from everything for a little bit when she wants to. So for me, I mean, I, for many years when the kids were small, she, it was not fun for her. It was just not fun for her. And, And she would come once in a while, but you know, look, you know, we were weekend warriors at a local track and it was just hardcore, you know, and, and we had nowhere to go to get away from everything. So um, now it's like, you know, she's been with me at every race, which is great. Um, you know, so, so that's a cool thing. Okay. Now I've said it several times already. I'm going to, and I, I've been kind of teasing everybody cause I, I wanted people to hear this. You have got a phenomenal, phenomenal sponsor in Walker, Texas Ranger, AKA Chuck Norris. That's right. I mean, tell me about this. This is, 
I, I was not aware of that, and I'm I'm pretty plugged into the in the, the NHRA community, and I saw it um, actually ironically enough. Susan Wade, who uh, does a lot of drag racing stuff for Auto Week, and I've been doing some stuff for them uh, started a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago rather. Uh, I saw her story after Gainesville, and it mentioned you know there was a little um, it was one of the notes she had, and mentioned that Chuck was one of your sponsors. I go, holy crap, that is a tremendous story right there. So tell me about. Chuck Norris, how you guys got together, um, and you know, w- have you been able to talk to him for any length of time, or you know, just how supportive they, you know, with him, him and his wife Gina, their their water company, you know, there is one of your sponsors. How did this whole thing come about? So yeah, interestingly, right? Um, I was uh, in the process of searching for marketing partners, right? I mean, that's part of the driver's job, typically, is you know, go out and. Uh, and see who you can bring in. And, and um, so part of my philosophy, um, look, I want to see the sport of drag racing grow. I mean, I absolutely love this. And so in order to do that, um, look, I don't want to go knock on other teams doors and try to try to be like, Hey, go with us. We're a better deal, whatever. Um, That's not, that's not me. Right. Mm -hmm. I believe that there's a big enough pie out there for everybody to get a piece and, and for everyone to go away happy. So, so I'm looking at non-traditional partners and I'm, I'm looking for ways to bring new partners into the sport that haven't been involved because man, listen, drag racing in my mind is the absolute greatest value in sponsorship. It really is. I mean, I, I, the fan access, I mean, the interaction with the drivers, the way, the way we can do, you know, um, big full-scale media as well as grassroots marketing. I mean, the, these things just don't come out around every day. Major League Baseball does not give you tickets to the dugout, right? Right. So, I, I, you know, I'm passionate about it. I'm confident that it's a great thing. So I'm looking for these non-traditional spa, you know, part, partners, sponsors. I, and I almost hate the word sponsors because partners is more like it. Um, we're here to help them grow their business and to help, you know, and 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 to help us at the same time and entertain the entertain race fans. So, so uh, as, as I'm in the middle of prospecting, I come across um, uh, Jody Cook, who's who's the VP of Sales for C Force Bottling, um, and I reached out to him, figuring, you know what, y- you never know, right? Um, and it turns out he's a drag racing fan, uh, and so so we began talking and. Uh, after a conversation, he said, you know what, this is great. Uh, the guys are going to love it. He's like, I'm going to talk to Chuck and Gina and, 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 uh, and yeah, let's set up a meeting. Um, and so I, I haven't had the pleasure to, to speak with Chuck and Gina yet. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm would think I will at some point. I mean, the relationship's so new that we haven't, you know, we haven't had that kind of time. Truthfully, um, you know, I've had a handful of meetings with Tyler uh, Tyler Norris is their chief marketing officer. So, so Tyler and I have spoken a bunch of times and, and we have our strategy set in place for, um, you know, how they're going to support us and how we're going to support them. Um, but part of what was a good fit was the fact that we have this unique story. The fact that we are focused on giving back, you know, with right to breathe, 
we launched a program this year called Racers to the Rescue, mm-hmm. which is a program where we're helping, we're spotlighting a small business in every, every market where we go race that's been hurt by COVID restrictions. And let's face it, uh, the hospitality industry is, is among the worst hit. Right. Uh, so, so uh, um, you know, we supported Billy Bob's Barbecue in Gainesville, and, and uh, we're going to be announcing uh, within the next two weeks the business that we're going to be supporting in Atlanta for the commerce race. Um, but, but the fact that we give back has been a, a, uh, a, a strong contributing factor in the alignment um, culturally between C-Force and their Kickstart Kids program. And, and I'm sure, you know, that would be something that, uh, that Chuck Norris would talk about. And Gina, um, you know, Gina is a president of C-Force Bottling, but they give back to their Kickstart Kids program, which helps through martial arts, help, helps kids that are at risk, you know? And, and so um, the fact that we are mission aligned in a lot of ways um, really, it, it's it made sense for us to partner together. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's certainly exciting. Um, and and honestly, I mean, it's funny. It's uh, you look at the end of the day, you could say, well, it's just water, right? And uh, I said, well, no, it's it's it comes out of an artesian well that's you know twenty three thousand year old ice age water. So I guess the water was afraid to come out until Chuck said it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now. You know, Chuck, uh, as we were talking off the air before we started taping here, you know, his son, Eric, uh, has a long history in NASCAR. He was in, uh, uh, he did trucks, he did, I believe, he did Xfinity, and I think he did the Southwest Tour for a long time as well, too. So, and I've heard, you know, and read things that Chuck is kind of a car guy. So, I, I want to see, I want to be there when Chuck, you know, comes to the to the first race, you know, uh, in person, because not only is he going to be a big fan draw, I want to see his reaction. I mean, this is Mr. Tough Guy, you know, he, nothing scares him. I got to figure an 11,000 horsepower top fuel motor, maybe a little bit intimidating if you're standing right behind it, you know? Yeah, you, you may, uh, well, I don't know, you know, I think if we get Chuck Norris on the starting line, I think he's going to make the nitro cry instead of the <laughs> other way around, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. No, you know, I I, uh, I would love to have Chuck and Gina and Tyler come out to uh, say maybe Dallas. You know, I mean, Sea uh, Force is based in Texas, and and uh, look, I hope they can come out. Um, I know their schedule is really full. I mean, as you can imagine, right? When you're Chuck Norris, um, I don't imagine there's much time to sit still. So. Um, We'll see, you know, uh, Tyler and I have talked about it and, and I would, I would really hope that at some point they could come out. I think, I think, look, it would be fantastic for NHRA. Of course. Um, I think, look, would it be huge for our team? It would be enormous for our team. What an honor. I mean, what an honor. Right. But besides that, I think they would enjoy it. I, I really think that, that, um, NHRA drag racing is you have to experience it in person. There's just no substitute. You know, I mean, television is great and the Fox program does a fantastic job, but you just cannot, you can't get the same experience. You have to be there. You just have to be there. So I hope they can come out. I think that would be amazing. If he does come out, I mean, you know, in the pits, you know, if your car's up on the, on the, uh, the, um, the, the stands, you know, when you're working on the car, I'd like to see him get in the car and just give the pedal just one crank. That, I mean, that would be national news. I mean, you know, Chuck Norris, boom, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah well, listen, I, I, uh, we would absolutely put him in the car for the warm-up. Yeah, right. if, he, if, if he wanted to be in the car for the warm-up, we would absolutely put him in the car for the warm-up. I, I mean, I can say that without reservation that, you know, from the team side, if he wanted it to happen, it would happen, guaranteed. Right, exactly. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. 
Joe, final question. You have been so generous with your time. I really, really appreciate you taking me time. I always like to do this when we have these kind of stories, and I do these kind of stories. Uh, I always ask this. It's kind of a very uh, neutral question, but it always, oftentimes brings out some of the best answers. Is there anything we haven't covered that you feel is important that you'd like to be mentioned in the podcast? I mean, if you're if you're doing the podcast yourself, if you're hosting it, what's something that maybe I didn't ask you about or something that you may want to you know uh, talk about? I mean, obviously, what, what might that be? I mean, anything that you want to plug or talk about, it's the, you've got free reign right now. Oh, that's interesting. You know, um, I would love to be able to have an impact in the sport in a positive way. Right. Um, I, 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 anything, anything ever good that's ever happened for me, um, has always happened when I focused on what I can do for others. Um, that is the great legacy that my father gave for a guy who was basically, you know, you could just say he was a simple plumber. Um, there was a three hour wait to get in to see him. Wow. Um, and, and, and uh, the line literally out the door around the corner, down the block for people wanting to pay respects to my dad. Um, and, and what a humbling thing. So, so really, um, right to breathe, um, racers to the rescue. This is not a shtick. This is not an angle. This is not, this is not a ploy. Um, this is me truthfully just doing everything I can to fill the giant shoes that I feel have been left for me. Um, and I hope I can do him justice, you know, do my dad justice and and uh and and truthfully you know be able to um you know look i'm i'm, I'm here because i want to compete i'm here because i want to fulfill the dream of being a full-time nitro racer you know dragster funny car whatever i love them both right. um you know uh so yeah i mean you know yeah i'd love to cross grade my license so anybody testing on mondays want a driver i'm up I'm, you know <laughs> exactly. okay, sign me up i'm down for it right, right. uh but but uh no no seriously serious um seriously my goal is to find a way to contribute um because if i can contribute everything else will work out you know so so that's uh that's it i mean you know i mean if if uh if we didn't get a sense for that in the interview, I wanted to actually say it out loud, you know, um, because uh, look, we get one shot at the uh, life's journey has had many twists and turns and, and, and things at times have been um, challenging. It's funny. Like I, I feel like I have that compassion mm -hmm. um, because I mean, you know, I know what it's like to figure out how to make payroll and, and I know what it's like to figure out going, scratch my head and going, how am I, how the heck am I going to pay the bills? Right. So, um, so having been there, I feel like I'm no different than anybody sitting in the stands. You know, I just, I'm just happen to be lucky enough to be, uh, to be doing what I'm doing now. Exactly. Well, Joe, thank you ever so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. I mean, I, it's, this has been a treat for me and you know, I've been doing this for over 40 years and you know, there's just certain stories that come along that, you know, maybe the the word isn't out there, and then when you stumble upon a story like this, like yours, I mean, it's just it's really phenomenal. I mean, you know, we we started talking about Chuck Norris, and then we talked about you being a musician, uh, about you know you're the way you you came up through the ranks, a 51 year old rookie in Top Fuel. I mean, this is just a great great human interest story. So thank you ever so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll be talking more as the season goes on as well too. 
thanks, Jerry. It was uh, an honor to be here. And, uh, and, and truthfully, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So uh, I really appreciate the time and uh, appreciate you, uh, you know, taking time to talk with me. Thanks. Thank you ever so much. I really, really appreciate it. That's it for today's edition of the Racing Beat Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I want to thank Nitro Joe Morrison for joining us today. I'm Jerry Bunkowski. Make sure you go on to the website, Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. That's Boy Lincoln Edward Adam Victor.com. Look on the search bar, type in the words, The Racing Beat, and you'll see all the podcasts we've done. We've done a number of them, including Ray Evernham, Don the Snake Perdome, Rusty Wallace, Kenny Bernstein, uh, and many, many more. So make sure you check that out, and we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking to Jay Blake, a very interesting man uh, who I've become very good friends with, and he has an incredible story of determination, confidence, and get this, he is the only blind team owner and crew chief in motorsports. He has got a tremendous tale to tell, and you definitely don't want to miss that. So next week, we'll be talking to Jay Blake. Uh, of the NHRA. He's one of the NHRA top alcohol funny card team owners and just got a great, great story. So again, thanks to Joe Morrison for today's episode and we'll be catching you next time right here on The Racing Beat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.